Welcome, saints of God. We are so excited that you're joining us on today. I want to wish you a happy Easter. This is a great day where we celebrate our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to take some time to like this video and subscribe, especially if you're blessed by it. And then, if you are blessed, I want you to also share this video with your family and your friends. It would do us so much good uh, to reach those that need the word of God. God bless you. Just to raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, when we look at the passage of scripture that was read on today, I really want to address this key element that probably has tripped me up for many years. What does the resurrection actually mean for my daily living? Well, as Paul is writing to the Colossians in this particular passage, we get at least a glimpse of how the resurrection of Christ is supposed to help us in our daily walking. Now, I've had my share of, of loss through death. I've been to plenty of funerals. I've conducted funerals. There is a certain, a certain finality that comes with death. Death is one of those things that uh, means, at least for how we live and how we experience each and every day, Death means the cessation of all of those activities. Now, as I've stated, I've been to several funerals and not once have I been to a funeral and there was a representative from Discover Card there to <laughs> let someone know how the person paid their bills. Not once has someone from the city who processes water bill payments come to the funeral to express how the payments were or were not made. Instead, at the funeral, what we have are a series of family members and friends who come to honor the life of the decedent. Now, as the person who passed away is there and being honored, the funeral is actually for the folks that are living. The person who's deceased has left the body and no longer there present, they're no longer talking to us, they're no longer hearing us. They're no longer breathing air, the heart is not beating anymore. There is a finality 
it's a lot of times if we're looking at it from a human perspective, it's over. But I'm so glad that Paul has taken the time to help us uh, to really live each and every day with the knowledge that Jesus Christ died and he rose again for us. So as we're looking at this particular passage of scripture, Paul begins by reminding us that we were indeed raised with Christ. Now, if we haven't experienced death yet, then perhaps the question might be, well, what does he mean that we're raised with Christ? Well, what it means in very practical terms is that we have experienced a new life while we're living this life. In other words, we're born again. We have a new start. We are no longer the old person. We are now the new person. So what then does that mean for my daily living? Well, I'm glad you asked because Paul actually gives us some key elements in this particular passage of scripture. The first thing I want to talk to you about on today is that Paul asked us to make sure that we have our focus, our minds, our eyes set on the things that are above. He asked us to think about those things that are above us, those things that are in heaven, those things that are not passing away. What are those things? Well, uh, one of the things that we've got to kind of remember is that when we are focused on heavenly things, they're not tangible. They're not the kinds of things that you can run to the bank and pull out. Uh, you can't withdraw or make deposits in the same sense where you see someone add your total for your account. It's not that kind of thing that's up in heaven that we're supposed to be focused upon. Um, what is it then? Well, in a practical matter, the things that we're supposed to be focused on are the things that Christ was concerned about. And all too often, we as Christians lose sight of what Christ really cared about. And we end up behaving more like the Pharisees than I think many of us care to admit. You see, Christ seemed to display. It wasn't even as if he was just talking about it. Christ actually displayed his care while he was walking these dusty roads here on earth. He displayed his love for those that needed it the most. Christ went to the tax collectors, some of the most hated people of their day. Christ would go and talk to those who were demon-possessed and uh, really what that meant is that they were unpredictable. They had behavior that nobody understood, but Christ went to the people that were misunderstood. The woman at the well who had five husbands and was living with someone else, he went to her. He uh, uh, healed the woman that had an issue of blood. Certainly, if she had this issue for these 12 long years, nobody wanted to deal with her because she was thereby unclean. Christ would actually go to the homes 
and go places where people had even passed away. We remember Lazarus. Lazarus had been dead for three or four days and by, by the time Christ got there, certainly the folks who were in the home and mourning his death had let Christ know that he's been in there too long. You certainly can't do anything now. I hope that you understand that what Christ has done and what he has displayed for us is that he cares for those that a lot of times the folks who are in church don't really care for. He was caring for those that are sinners, those who were outcasts, those who seemingly had no hope, no future, no sort of redeemable qualities. These are the people that Christ went after. These are the folks that Christ spent his time with. And what does it take to spend time with people like this? I'm glad you asked because what it takes is a certain amount of patience. If we are not patient, we can't spend time with people who are not living like we live. Uh, if we don't have the right kind of temperance, we've got to be very mild-tempered. We have to also understand that we need to be kind to those that are outcasts. We've got to learn how to love those who are not experiencing love, not the, the ones who are not even showing us love. Those are the people that we really need to be after. These are the things that are above. Now, I, I, I don't know about you, but this is somewhat of a huge revelation. Uh, uh, it was, at least for me, when it came to me because I was trying to figure out how in the world I'm supposed to run around loving on people who don't love me. How am I supposed to run around forgiving folks who keep doing me wrong? How am I supposed to be patient with people who keep trying my patience? <laughs> well... What God has allowed me to understand and to see is that all of the things that he wants me to focus on are the things that he employs when he's dealing with me. And I just want you to know that uh, I don't care how holy you think you are. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how many solos you sang people happy. God has had to employ love and kindness and patience, long-suffering, all of those things when he deals with you. And so, if, if he's going to do that for us, to give us a chance at eternity, he's just asking us to do the same thing for people down here, to offer them the same opportunity, a life that is eternal, one that doesn't end, one that goes on with him. In this passage, uh, uh, not only are we to focus on things above, but we're also warned not to focus on things that are on the earth. Now, um, it, it's hard to live this life without at least focusing some on the things that are of the earth. So many of us think about focusing things of the earth like our homes and our cars, the amount of money we have, uh, all of those tangibles, our clothes. Um, and, and other things like that, the tangible, th the things that we can own, the, the pieces of paper that we get to say that something belongs to me. But these are not the things that Paul is talking about here. When he's talking about the temporary nature of the things that we focus on here on the earth, he's actually talking about the fact that we get angry. 
that we have malice in us, that we have greed, that we are those who worship idols. Often we worship idols. And the sad part is that often we're doing these things and we don't even realize that as Christians, this is what we're doing. I don't know um, where you stand on the issue, but as a Christian, I have to admit that when I am the most, the most uh, impatient with people, the most angry at people is when I'm in my own self-righteousness. In other words, when I know that I did the right thing, when I know that I stand on the truth of the word of God, when I know that I'm in the right position, that's when I'm the most unforgiving, that's when I'm the most angry, that's when I'm the most unrelenting and holding on to my position. That's when I believe that I am the one holding up the word of God. I'm really fighting for the kingdom now. But am I really fighting for the kingdom if I'm not showing love, patience, uh, loving kindness, if I'm not being uh, uh, the type of person that I know Christ has called me to be? If I'm not loving someone into heavenly living, if I'm not showing someone that I'm actually a, a, a kingdom citizen, then what it means is that I'm living as if Christ is not in me. I'm living as if I don't know who he is. But yet Christ, over and over again, despite all of the times that I have betrayed him and betrayed the kingdom, despite all of that, Christ keeps loving me. That's the exciting part about this particular passage is because what Christ has done is he's died and he has called us all together by allowing us to die with him. As I mentioned earlier, death means the cessation of life as we know it. Everything stops. And so what death is supposed to mean for the Christian is that all of the things that we were doing, all of the stuff that was going on in our lives, the things that we were pursuing, the way that we held our head up, the way that we thought we were right, all of those things should die and we should then begin to understand first that Christ loved me. Christ first loved you. And if that is true, and I believe it is because the Bible tells me over and over again and I've actually experienced the love of Christ. If that's true and we understand it, then it means then necessarily that we are grateful to him for the love that he's shown and now we get to go out and share that love with others. This is how we focus on the things above. Because the things above are all about getting people to understand the goodness, the graciousness, and the mercy of our Heavenly Father. So on this Easter, I want you to find it within your heart to recommit to God, to recommit to the kindness that He's shown us. And why am I asking you to recommit? Because I... <laughs> I, I live each and every day and I go around and I see how many of us live. 
Now, we call ourselves a Christian nation. We call ourselves a, a Christian city. We call ourselves Christians all over the place. But I'm, I'm impacted far too often by unkindness, impatience. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, too often I run into people who display everything other than Christianity. I run into anger all over the place. I run into mal malice all over the place. I run into lust all over the place. We have it everywhere. It's on our televisions. It's in our minds. It's in our music. It's everywhere. And so if we are going to live kingdom-minded, if we're going to do that, there should be a lot more kindness in our city. There should be a lot more love in our city, a lot more temperance. And these are the things that are above. So since Christ, since Christ rose from the grave, since this is the day we celebrate it, let us figure out how to live like we've risen with him. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday. I truly hope that you were blessed by that word from God. Now, our ministry survives off of your kindness and your donations. So, you can give to this ministry by visiting us online www.gbbcwaco.org forward slash giving. You can pay tithes, give an offering, or some other donation there. That link is in the description below. Now, once you get there, you can actually make your payment online or we've got an address listed where you can send in a money order or a check. May God bless you beyond measure.